so much. One more hand for those guys. Awesome. Well, we are continuing in our series today. Our series has been, Can I Get a Witness? And, uh, and we are today uh, wrapping that series up. And then next week we begin a series, and this series is entitled, What Matters Most? We're going to ask the hard question, what matters most? What matters most in life? We're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about uh, your eternity. We're going to talk about different things. So hopefully you'll join us for that. But today, I really believe that, that this morning, this moment right here, the next 30, 35 minutes could be the most important 30 or 35 minutes of your life. I really believe that with everything in my heart. I really believe that today could be the most significant experience you'll ever have. I believe today that the weight of heaven and hell hangs in the balance. I believe that your eternal destiny is right here in front of us. I also believe that the way you live out that destiny lays right in front of us. So here's what I want to do. Whatever you know, whatever you think you know about God, I want to bring into sharp focus today. A sharp focus. I want, I want you to think about if you're angry or indifferent about your faith, if you're angry or indifferent about your belief in God, or maybe even you're in a place of bitterness in your life. Maybe bitterness because things haven't gone the way. You, God hasn't done what you think he should. You haven't done what you think you should. The kids haven't done what you think they should. And you just find yourself in the root of bitterness. Whatever you know up to this point, I want to bring into question. And then I want to ask the question, why did Jesus die and who did he die for? I want us to think about that. And the way you answer that question is going to determine whether you're bitter or better. You see, there were two thieves that were hung with Jesus on the cross that day. Two thieves. Two guys who were getting exactly what they deserved. And they both were wrestling with this question. Both of them wrestled with their, their eternity in the next few minutes. Death was for certain. One chose bitterness and one chose betterment. Both eternal destinies were clear. Why? Simple. Because Christianity is not like any other religion. Christianity is not a system of theory. It's not philosophy and it's not ideology. We find our foundation in the historic resurrection, the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. All throughout human history, the Bible has shown us who Jesus is. We were promised a Savior in Genesis. And we kept our eyes out. For thousands of years, the promise of a Messiah either made people bitter or better. Thousands of years. Some bitter because it didn't work out the way they wanted and they had to go through certain things. Others better because they knew there was a rescuer who was going to come and make all things new. But the waiting's over. Jesus, he came, he died. He paid the penalty. He was resurrected and defeated our final enemies. And today you and I have to decide, does that make us bitter or better? 
We have to ask ourselves that question. You have to decide what you choose to believe. You have to decide what is a witness within you. And so as you think about that, as you, as you go through this, I want you to understand the first point I want you to see this morning is bitter versus better is a choice. One of the things that frustrates me about people is when they make a bad choice, they say they didn't have a choice. But they had a choice. Right? But they use the excuse, well, I had no choice. But the truth is, you had a choice. Bitterness is a choice. Betterment is a choice. Look at what happens in Luke. It says, two others who were criminals, everybody say criminals, were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that's called the skull, they, uh, there they crucified him and the criminals. Everybody say criminals. criminals. One on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God. So that means somebody was making it known and they knew that he was making it known. As a matter of fact, the reason they wanted him crucified was for blasphemy. And so, he's, so they say, if he is, if he's cho God's chosen one, and then the soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. Jesus didn't come to save himself. He came to save us. If there were, and there was also an inscription over him, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who uh, were hanged railed at him saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and save us. So this man's hanging on the cross dying and he finds a way to be angry with Jesus. And he rails at him. And he rails at him because Jesus is doing exactly what he requests, just not the way he thinks it should be done. Jesus is offering him salvation, but not the way he wants. The same way you and I get bitter with God when God doesn't do what we think is best for us, even though he knows it's not best for us. But the other rebuked him saying, do you not fear God? Since you are under the same sentence of condemnation, we uh, and we indeed justly, everybody say justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, this is the thief. Remember me when you come into... Did he say, take me to your kingdom? Did he say, save me and save you? He just said, man, just remember me. Just remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly, I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Meaning your day is about to get better. Your day is about to get better. May the Lord add his blessing on his word. So as we see this, we see that there's a choice. There's a choice. The thief who hung on the cross next to Jesus he decided to become angry with Jesus and frustrated with Jesus and then say and then try and goad Jesus into doing what he wanted to save himself. The other said, listen, I'm getting what I deserve. And he even tried to correct the other guy saying, leave him alone. 
not realizing that Jesus was already doing exactly what they requested. You see, this guy just wanted a get-out-of-jail-free card. He was looking for a genie in a bottle. That's what he was looking for. He had no idea of who Jesus was. He just heard them yelling, and he just decided, I'm going to jump right up here, and I'm going to get him to do it my way, and I'll goad him. I'll goad him from the cross. When Jesus didn't do what he wanted, he stood in judgment of Jesus. I see it time and time again. Pastor, if God gets me out of this one, I'm going to be front row. I'm going to be front row. God, if he gets me out of this one, whoo, Jesus, you ain't never seen giving. You ain't never seen the wallet open like you've seen the wallet open. You can have my car, Jesus. I hear it all the time. But my question is, what if he doesn't? What if he says, I'm not going to get you out of this, I'm going to get you through this? What if he says, I'm going to get you through this? I'm not going to get you out of it because you ain't going to learn a lesson, but I'm going to have you learn a lesson so you can grow in your faith and know that I'm able. You see, this guy, he's dying with no hope of coming off the cross, and he still spits in the face of the only person that could save him, just like we do. You see, bitterness, bitterness is dangerous because it blinds us from the truth. On the other hand... The other thief, he corrected the man and said, man, don't you even realize you're getting exactly what you deserve. But him, he didn't do this. He didn't do nothing. He doesn't deserve this. You know what he did? You know what his first step toward choosing betterment was? You know what it was? He owned his life and his troubles. He said, I did this to me. Many of us, we make a decision. You go cheat on your spouse, and then your spouse leaves you, and then, then you got somebody else calling your children daddy and mommy, and then you blame God. God, why'd you let this happen to me? Right? Now, what happens? We go out, we make a, a terrible decision. We, 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 we do everything that our heart desires, and then we get a disease. Look at what God did to me. Or heal me, God, and I'll serve you the rest of my life. Well, you didn't serve me before. Why are you going to serve me now? Maybe the disease is what's going to bring you to me. Uh-oh, don't preach that because I don't like that. Because that means if I get caught out carousing, I might catch something. You might catch something anyway. Can't even help this. I can't believe he's preaching like that. <laughs> you can get bitter or better. You make a choice. But holler at your boy. And I'll be there just like Jesus. I'll be like, didn't you know? Oh, yeah, you knew because I preached it. <laughs> we have to choose bitter or better. He repented. He asked God for help. He believed. And, and, and his eternal destiny changed in a heartbeat. Did he not die? No, you know what happened a few minutes later? They came and they literally broke his leg so he would suffocate. That's literally what happened to the thieves. Not Jesus, because they said a bone wouldn't be broken. He died of the incredible abuse. 
But the two thieves, they came by and they would crush their legs so that they couldn't push up and breathe anymore. His life didn't get better at that second, but it got better the moment his eyes closed. Are you willing to bet that? Because I am. You see, bitter versus better is lived out actively, not passively. You can fill that in. Some choose to act in unbelief passively. They say, oh, I don't oppose Jesus. I just don't believe in Jesus. I don't hate Jesus. I don't love Jesus. I'm just watching from the bench to see how it all works out. Your passive opposition to Christianity is your objection. You come to church now and then, check it out, definitely stand in judgment of churchgoers. Come in to make sure that you know that we know that you know that we know. And we told you we got scars, we got warts. We told you we weren't perfect, we're being what? But you don't want to hear that because you want to go around gossiping about, oh, I saw so-and-so. Right? Not divisive, not a big meanie, not ugly. You just really aren't for anything. Just passive. But the hard truth is Jesus said you're either for me or against me. That's what he said. I didn't make that up. He said, you're gonna, you're gonna, you can only serve one master. You are going to love one and despise the other. Anyone who passively watches Christianity, you're not, you're not for Jesus. You don't have a saving faith. You have a knowledge of God. And some people say, that's mean. No, it's just truth. It was prophesied in Isaiah 53, 700 years before the birth of Jesus that he would be hung between two guilty sinners. And guess what happened? It came to pass. It was prophesied that Jesus would be resurrected, and guess what happened? It came to pass. It's prophesied that Jesus is coming back, and guess what's going to happen? It'll come to pass. The thief, he said, I'm not impressed. If you're God... Prove it. And Jesus hanging on the cross was already proving it because he, did, he was not murdered. He gave his life for you and for me. Some of us, we need to picture Jesus differently. Some would accuse him for not being good because he failed you. He didn't fail you. You failed you. Someone else failed you. You put your faith in the wrong person. I told you as your pastor, the pastor sitting on a hill church, do not put your faith in me. Put your faith in Jesus alone because it's all about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus. It's always going to be about Jesus. I told you at some point I would disappoint you. At some point. But don't you dare use that as an accusation against Jesus. Because I don't base my faith on you. I base my faith on Jesus. Where's the provision? It's been here. He has provided for you. Some people say, oh, I don't have the car that I want. I don't have the this that I want. I don't have the that that I want. But you're breathing, you got clothes, you got food, and if not, you have access to food and clothes. And still mad about it. Still mad about it. Still upset. 
You can tell us you need groceries. We'll make sure you have groceries. Still mad at God that you didn't get groceries, even though we gave you groceries. And it was God who gave them to you. Shouldn't have to ask. Well, maybe God's trying to teach you humility. Oh, don't say that, Pastor, because now I'm mad. I told you bitter or better. That's between you and Jesus. I'm going home one way or another. See, please hear me. Jesus is able. There's nothing that he can't forgive, including your bitterness. There's nothing that he can't forgive. There's nothing that he won't forgive. The only thing he won't forgive is what's not confessed. If you're not willing to admit you need him, he can't help you. There, case in point, there's two thieves. Don't you think Jesus still wanted to save this guy? And if you don't believe me, why did he just pray for the guys who beat him? I was going to show a video this morning, but I decided I couldn't show the video for fear that there might be children in here, a part of the passion of the Christ, because the top-rated R-rate, the top R-rated movie of all time is The Passion of the Christ because of the violence, and that doesn't even really depict what happened to Jesus. For you and me. We get to choose. We were objects of wrath. The cross of Christ is where the justice of God met the grace of God and the rightful wrath of God was satisfied in Christ Jesus. And objects of wrath become objects of affection. And you've got to decide. People say, when's God going to do something about evil? He already's done it. <laughs> when's God going to do something about my troubles? He's already done it. He sent his son. He defeated Satan's sin and death. But you and I, you get to choose. you got to make a choice of whose voice you're going to listen to today. That's what we have to look at. You see, here's what I want you to see. Bitter versus better. It's not too late. You're here for a reason today. God brought you here for a reason. It's not too late. Some people are saying, oh man, if I didn't heard this last week, I'd be better. Well, why don't you just be better today? <laughs> just choose it today, right now, right here. Don't wait around. Bitter versus better doesn't have an expiration date till you hear the trumpets. When you hear the trumpets, I hope you ain't hoping for fire insurance. Forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me, Jesus. He's going to say, God bless you, thinking you sneeze, because that ain't no saving faith, you know. That's what some people think. They're going to live like the devil. They'll be in the club. Forgive me, Jesus. Oh, that was just the horns. Oh, that was just boogie shoes. Oh, okay, that wasn't the rapture. My bad. You know what I'm talking about. You know you know those people, too, right? They hear the horns, and they're like, okay, we're out here. Mm, that ain't gonna work I hope that ain't the kind of faith you got Jesus is providing the invitation right here right now and yes the road is narrow wide is the other path so why be bitter and say it's exclusive rather than celebrate that anybody everybody say anybody Anybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's not exclusive. That's anybody. 
Just because it ain't the way you want it to be doesn't mean it's not true. I have to be honest with you and, be, and level with you, and even in this culture and society. You may not like what I have to say, but here it is. Not all roads lead to God. Not all religions lead to God. There's only one way. His name is Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Jesus said, no man comes to me unless the Father draw him. There is no other name under heaven by which men are saved but the name of Jesus. So if you don't like it, I love you enough to tell you the truth. Hey, listen, celebrate that. You can be mad at me and I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm totally all right with that. But celebrate that I at least told you the truth. So when you stand before God, you won't be able to say, I didn't know, because he's going to replay this moment in history and say, that dude straight told you to your face. You heard that song, straight up in my face. Straight up in my face, right? You know what I'm saying. Just trying to help. I'm here to help you. You're going to get better about something. you get better about my singing. But anyway, I wish I could tell you it's going to get better, but it ain't. But the truth of the matter is Jesus is exclusive because there's no other God. All others are false. All others are imposters. All others are fakers. Jesus is the only way. Revelation says every tribe, every tongue, every kindred is going to come together under the name of Jesus Christ. The thief, he comes to that saving faith as he hangs next to Jesus. As people are mocking him, he gets a chance to say, you know what? That's the Lord. And he says, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, because I know there is a kingdom and I can't see it right now, but I know it. Will you just remember me? I just, I just want to know I live on in your memory. And Jesus said, I'm doing better than that. I'll do you better than that. Uh-uh. I ain't just going to remember you. Matter of fact, today, you're going to be with me. We ain't going to be on these crosses very long. Right there, a thief on the cross who knew he deserved exactly what was coming to him knew what it felt like to be forgiven. And think about this for a second. He's hanging on the cross, about ready to die, and this man has hope. It's hope. He knows this guy, listen, Romans don't let you off the cross. He knows his legs are about ready to be smashed, and he's about ready to suffocate. But he has hope. That's what Jesus does to us. Some of us, you feel like this world is suffocating you. You feel like you're hanging on the cross, but you have hope if you'll just grab a hold of it. The hard truth is when we sin, we sin against God. We deserve the judgment, but Jesus takes our punishment. You and I have a choice. Jesus was innocent. Even the thief said he did nothing wrong. And he realized he's hanging there for me and for you. 
You see, the, the thief recognized this divine moment. And it's not too late for you for this divine moment. You can just simply say, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, forgive me. You see, I'm praying for you because I really told you, I told you 25 minutes ago, I told you that this was going to be the most important 30 or 40 minutes in your life. And listen, here's what I know. I know that you weren't, you weren't there 2,000 years ago. But it can feel like you were today. You see, the good news is so that we don't forget. The good news is that we don't forget. You see, right now, we're all hanging in the balance. We're all hanging right here, right now. And we all have a choice. You can choose to listen to bitter or better. You can choose to own your life, your troubles, and then you can choose to surrender them to God. Or you can choose to hold on to them, thinking there's a better way. I've asked, I've asked the ladies to come and sing a song, and it's a powerful, powerful song. Please come up. I've asked them to come. And they're going to sing a song. It's an old song. It simply asks us, were you there when they crucified my Lord? Sometimes it causes me to tremble. And I pray this morning that you'll carefully, carefully weigh your spiritual life. I pray for the next few minutes. Just give yourself that attention. We haven't even hit the 30-minute mark. Just give yourself this gift as they share this gift with you. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Oh. 
Answer that question is yes. Were you there when they crucified him? It was your sin and my sin that nailed him to the cross, but it was his love that kept him there. They laid him in the tomb, and death thought it won. The same way when you and I face death one day, should the rapture tarry. And death will think, I got final victory. But death is swallowed up in victory because the stone was rolled away. And the risen Savior is here, and he's now. And that should make you better, not bitter. And so this morning, I want to invite you to come into right relationship with Jesus. I want to invite you to make the most important decision of your life. It's not going to get you off the cross. It's going to give you a cross to carry. But you're going to have hope like you've never had. You're going to have life like you've never had. You're going to have peace like you've never had. And you're going to have a God that won't get you over something. He'll get you through something. One that will never leave you nor forsake you. Would you bow your heads with me today? Father, in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, we come to you today. And God, we know that bitterness and betterment is a choice. And we choose now to listen to your voice. We choose not to listen to the voice of condemnation that tells us we are hopeless and helpless. We choose to listen to the voice of conviction that says, Jesus, you are our help, and Jesus, you are our hope. If you're here this morning and you say, you know what, Pastor Mike, I am making a choice. I am choosing Jesus. I am choosing him as my Savior, as my Lord. I'm choosing his life I'm choosing to hide my life in his I need him more than my next heartbeat I need him more than my next breath if that's you will you just slip your hand up high in the air today yes I need him more yes more yes thank you yes thank you yes yes thank you thank you yes yes thank you thank you you guys may place your hands down everyone within the sound of my voice we're just going to pray. Prayer is literally talking to God. We just simply pray. The Bible says that if we confess 
with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, we'll be saved. The Bible says that if we believe in Jesus and receive him, we get the right to be called children of God. So right here, we're just going to say it between your heart to God's. We just simply say, Jesus, I believe in you. And Jesus, I receive you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I know that I am not going to be perfect, but I'm being perfected. So I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and live in me and work through me. And I promise to do everything in my power to work with you to see your kingdom come and your will be done in my life and in this world. It's in Christ's name. And the church said, amen, amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap this morning because he's an amazing God.